This episode is brought to you by Aircraft Accessories of Oklahoma. When it's time for an aircraft component inspection, overhaul, repair, or replacement, you need experienced technicians you can trust and friendly service you can count on. Aircraft Accessories of Oklahoma, a family-owned business since 1959, delivers just that. Our techs have real-world experience and provide sales, service, and overhaul for piston engine aircraft accessories. We also have limited turbine capabilities such as fuel pumps, starter generators, and prop governors. And we can overhaul propellers ranging from fixed pitch to turbine. Propeller pickup and delivery service is available. And one more thing, mention this podcast to receive 5% off your next sale, service, or overhaul. Visit aircraftaccessoriesofok.com. This episode is brought to you by Genesis Aerosystems, a Moog company and leading provider of autopilots for rotor and fixed-wing aircraft. The Genesis STEC 3100 Digital Autopilot provides increased safety, decreased pilot workload, and is approved for over 200 makes and models. To learn more about the STEC 3100, visit genesis-aerosystems.com. That's genesis-aerosystems.com. AOPA presents Never Again, True Pilot Stories from the World of General Aviation. In this episode, main gear down and locked, nose gear still up in the nose. What would you do when a prop strike is the least of your worries? Find out what a Cardinal pilot did in Nose to the Grindstone by Tommy Lent. Things started out normally on June 23, 2010, as my flight instructor and I began another instrument flight lesson. Our plan had been to fly from Midland, Texas's SkyWest Airport to Mathis Field in San Angelo, Texas, do a few instrument approaches, and then return to Midland International Airport for a few more approaches before heading back to SkyWest. It was a beautiful Cavu day. We were flying in a 1971 Cessna 177 Cardinal RG that I owned with two partners. When we made initial contact with San Angelo Approach at Mathis Field, we learned that the airport's instrument approach system was offline and no instrument approaches were being allowed. That was a surprise, as we hadn't seen any notices to airmen, but the problem had occurred after we launched. We shrugged and told the control tower our plan to return to Midland. On final approach to runway 28, on the first approach, I lowered the gear handle to extend the landing gear and held my finger on the light, as taut, waiting for it to illuminate green, indicating that the gear was down and locked. But the green light never came on. I looked out at the little mirror mounted below the left wing and noticed with a slight bit of alarm that the main landing gear was down and appeared to be in its normal position, but the nose gear was nowhere to be seen. My flight instructor said, well, that's not good. I cycled the gear once again with the same result. We declared a missed approach at Midland and headed back to Sky West. My instructor used his cell phone to call our local A&P. The A&P contacted the senior A&P at Sky West, who also came out. Now, on the SkyWest CTAF, we did a low and slow flyby so that the assembled ground group could try to ascertain what was going on with the nose gear. They reported back to us that the nose gear is in its stowed position and not even trying to come down. 
They had us try a couple of passes down the runway, bouncing hard on the mains, trying to dislodge the nose gear in case it was jammed by a foreign object. Bouncing on landing had never been a problem for me to accomplish. No joy. We also tried pumping the gear down with the emergency manual hand pump. No joy. I had tried recycling the gear several times as well. No joy. As if we needed another issue, the numerous gear cycling attempts had overheated the gear pump, and so on that last cycle, the main landing gear didn't even appear to be in its complete down position. We hand-pumped it down the final time. About 45 minutes after our ordeal had begun, our A&P communicated some very scary-sounding words. Guys, you're gonna have to land with the nose gear up. My instructor and I discussed how best to accomplish this task. Land on the asphalt? Land on the dirt beside the runway. Land with the main gear up, main gear down. The senior A&P strongly objected to attempting to land on the dirt. He said he had witnessed that before, and the airplane nose had dug into the dirt, flipping the airplane onto its back. We decided to land on the asphalt with the main landing gear down. Several neighbors who had been listening on the CTAF had assembled with their fire extinguishers and were instructed to line the runway as best they could. At this point, I privately wondered if having plenty of fuel was a blessing after all. Additionally, a soft touchdown was paramount because we did not know whether both mains were actually in their locked position. After reviewing the emergency landing procedure, we agreed that my instructor would land the airplane from the right seat, holding the nose off as long as he could. I would cut the engine power off after being sure that we had the runway made. I would then set the fuel selector to off, and then I would attempt to align the two-blade prop horizontally when it came to rest so that we might potentially avoid a prop strike. Finally, I would open my door just before touchdown, since my instructor would be busy executing his best soft landing. After saying a short prayer, we made our approach and set the airplane down on the runway. All went exactly according to plan, except that I never got the prop aligned. The windmilling continued right up until nose impact. The nose slammed to the ground, frighteningly hard and loud, very soon after the main gear touched down, causing a prop strike. But fortunately, there was no fire, and after skidding 159 feet down the runway on the lower cowl, we exited the airplane with no injuries to receive lots of welcome hugs and handshakes from friends and neighbors. Upon inspection, the A&P immediately found the problem, a badly fatigued 39-year-old bell crank assembly, a small metal piece that pulls the locking mechanism away from the nose gear so that it can extend. It had broken during the flight. While we would have never noticed that fatigue on a normal pre-flight inspection, I did learn and or solidify in my mind these things. During an emergency, don't forget to fly the airplane safely. Evaluate all options and discuss with peers if you have time. Attempt to solve the issue beginning with the easiest solution first. Listen to the geezers and above all, stay calm. We were able to somewhat maintain our sense as a humor throughout the event. 
Later, I said to my instructor, well, not many people can say they survived an airplane accident together. He responded, that was no accident. We made a calculated decision to land it that way. I still own and fly the Cardinal today. The Never Again Podcast is brought to you monthly by AOPA, the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association. You can find more Never Again stories online at aopa.org by typing Never Again into the search box. While you're there, check out AOPA's mobile flight planning app, AOPA Go, as well as the many free training and safety courses from the Air Safety Institute. Find all of this and more at aopa.org. The Never Again podcast is produced by Royce Earl. Thanks for listening. Fly safely. Fly safely.